Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Y'all, oh my God, Food Heals Nation, I just got the softest sheets and pajama set from Cozy Earth, and I had to go and get you a discount code too, so that you could experience the coziness as well. You can visit CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEALS, and you'll get an exclusive 35% off. So Cozy Earth, it's like your one-stop shop for what they call the luxury she deserves. So listen up, guys because this could make a great gift for that special someone, your girlfriend, your wife, the mother in your life. And don't forget, Mother's Day will be here before we know it. So get a gift for the mom or moms. Here's a nice little gift you could ask for. Anyways, let's start with the sheets to transform your sleep. The coolest thing about Cozy Earth Bedding is that it is temperature regulating. So you stay cool, which is so important when you're sleeping. Plus they are just so soft. It feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud. Plus I love the cozy earth quality and longevity promise. All products come with a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty. So incorporating cozy earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and just overall wellness. So Again, this is the luxury you deserve. You can treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear and prioritize your self-care and sleep health. 
And while you're at it, don't forget to check out the Bamboo Pajama Set. It was awarded Oprah's Favorite Things in 2019, so you know it's good. I love the softness and breathability of the fabric, and it has these really great side pockets. And don't forget that by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. Head over to CozyEarth.com, use the promo code FOODHEELS for an exclusive 35% off, and go get your mom the luxury she deserves on Mother's Day at CozyEarth.com with promo code FOODHEELS. Food Heals Podcast, episode 273. Stop being so attached to the outcome and experience the feeling of what you really want to feel in every circumstance, no matter who you're with. At every level of relating, there are beautiful moments to take in, give, and practice love. Use them often. You will find that the more you can be in the vibration of love unconditionally, the more love will boomerang its way back to you. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals Podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals Nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. All right, welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining me. I'm Allison Melody. Today, we have part two of my interview with Josh Trent. Josh is the founder of Wellness Force Media. He's a fellow podcaster, and he hosts the top-ranked show, Wellness Force Radio. Last week, we talked all about Josh's journey into wellness, his podcasting journey, how he healed himself, and how he had some crazy, incredible experiences with ayahuasca and plant medicine. We also went into breath work, which was an incredibly healing tool. And this week, it's all about nootropics, calling in the one, and how Josh called in his latest love, and how you can too the freedom in forgiveness, forgiving others and forgiving yourself, and the truth about 5G. All of that and more coming up next. But first, Food Heals Nation, we have to talk about my favorite supplement brand, the Global Healing Center. Yes, they're back. You know that we love some of their products like their vegan B12. I put that under my tongue every single day. It tastes delicious and I trust all of their products. I also love their probiotics. Anything they send me has not let me down. So anything you want to try from them is going to be good and you can trust the source. And I think that's really important because they have such a good mission. And every month, the Global Healing Center helps provide over 3 million people from around the world with scientifically backed health information and herbal supplements that go far beyond organic. As a result, millions of people have been empowered to take control of their health and make lasting changes to their bodies and minds. And not only are their supplements vegan-friendly and organic, but Dr. Group, the founder and CEO, his latest advancement in health technology is a completely new process. It's called the Raw Herbal Extract, and it was created by evaluating every step of an herb's life from seed to your body. And so each raw herbal extract preserves the most valuable, energetic, and health-activating components of the plant. So by the time it gets to you, it is activated, it is raw, it is alive, and it's going to help you. 
And I love Dr. Group's personal mission, which is to identify and eliminate the root cause of disease. Sounds familiar, right? Sounds like the mission of Food Heals as well. And under his leadership, the Global Healing Center has spent nearly 20 years building relationships with sustainable organic farms. In an industry first, the company built a manufacturing facility from the ground up using only environmentally friendly and chemical-free building materials. So you're getting something that's well-sourced. It's being made in a facility that doesn't have off-gassing and all of the things that we don't need in our supplements. And it's just a brand name that you can trust. So I get all my supplements from Global Healing Center. Check them out. Use the coupon code FOODHEAL17. You'll get a whopping 20% off plus free shipping. Just go to globalhealingcenter.com. Next up is part two of my interview with Josh Trent. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. He has spent the past 16 years as a researcher, a trainer, and facilitator discovering the physical and emotional intelligence for humans to thrive in our modern world. Please welcome the founder of Wellness Force and fellow podcaster, Josh Trent. The boomerang of love has returned. Yay! (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. So glad to have you back. And last week was so good, so fun, and so informative that we had to come back because we didn't hit all of the topics. And recently you went to Mount Whitney and you had a near-death experience. And I heard you say on your podcast that it was a blessing, and also that it was your second near-death experience. I really want to hear more about that and how you reframed it. Not everyone is able to reframe almost dying as something good. Yeah. um, Anytime someone almost dies, their life is never the same. Yeah. I don't care who you are. And so... Uh, there's the bigger story behind this is that I had overworked myself and I wasn't taking care of my physical body the way that I lovingly could have. And I think it was a sledgehammer moment from the universe. Honestly, what happened was, is in June of 2018, I pulled my calf muscle sprinting Mm -hmm. and that set me back on training. I had signed up to do Mount Whitney. And for people that don't know, Mount Whitney is 14,500 feet. It's the tallest mountain in the contiguous United States. So we had gotten our lottery ticket and I was like, well, I I have to train. So So real quick, how long does that take to climb? It can take 24 hours or it can take two days. Okay. Some people can do it in less than 20 hours. Okay. I um, wouldn't, but yes. It, I, w- <laughs> I just want to put it in perspective. So I'd be on yeah. the two day side, but basically. Yeah. Okay. So essentially what happened was, is that I got a massive wake up call from the universe. I pulled my left calf muscle. I tore it right here and I couldn't train. So I got knocked out of training. Now, we were like four months out. So I I started to heal and I was like, you know what? Maybe I can do this. I can, I can totally do this. And I let my ego guide me because I wanted to do it with my friends. I wanted to like be on the mountain for the third time. It's so fascinating to me how, when I can look back, it's really clear as to what transpired and why Mm -hmm. in the moment though, we don't need to like sprint to the lesson. I think a lot of times people in the spiritual community or or in personal development, were like, well, why is this happening for me? What does this mean? Meanwhile, it's not done happening yet. (laughs) Like let it finish before you find the lesson. Right. So the reason I can speak to this Mount Whitney incident is because time has transpired. Mm -hmm. So I can actually give you a legitimate deep breath of why I think it occurred. Okay. And so what went down was I get there we do a preliminary hike and I was kind of feeling a little bit tired, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on this mountain. If I need to turn around, I will. I think I'm just going to make it to the top though. I'll be fine. Cause I had two months of training. I had four months of training that I squeezed into two months. Okay. <laughs> so I didn't train really enough for it. So I get to um, the, the highest camp. This is the trail camp right at the very top. 
and I'm in a sleeping bag and we're laying there and I was exhausted. I mean, I was utterly exhausted. I had no idea how I was going to get to the top of this mountain, but I said, you know what? I'm just going to give my best. I'm just going to do my best. So out of nowhere, there's a full moon. And I haven't told actually this part of the story ever because it was pretty intimate to me, but I'll share it now because it's cool timing. Foodio's podcast, you're hearing this, it for the first time. This was uh, August 28th, 2018. Mm-hmm. And I'm at the top of the mountain, I'm in a sleeping bag, and I can, my heart was beating so hard that I could feel, I could see my shirt moving. Wow. Like really bad. And so I kind of like freak out a little bit. So I got out of the tent, everybody was asleep, it's full moon, 25 degrees, like wind that could just cut you like a razor. And, the, and I'm illuminated because of the full moon. And I'm just like not able to calm down. So I start cueing myself for breathing. I'm doing rolling, breathing for 20 minutes. I'm breathing, just like calm down, just saying, it's okay. Everything's fine. Just really calming myself down. I go lay back in the tent and my heart starts pounding again, just pounding, pounding, pounding. And I'm like, what is going on right now? Like, I think I'm, I think I'm like actually getting altitude sickness. So I jostle my friend next to me and I'm like, Hey man, I need to go down. And he's mm. like, are you kidding me? He's like, we can't go down. Like we're all going to summit tomorrow morning. I'm like, no, I think I need to go down. And he's like, just, just do some more laps. And then my other friend had an oxygen tank. So I was breathing an oxygen tank Wow! and that calmed me down a little bit. Mm. I went back in the tent. I look up at the top of the tent and there's this like jellyfish oh swimming at the top of my tent. So I'm tripping out basically. Yeah. You're like losing your and mind. And in that moment I said, cool, I'm going down. <laughs> so I said, Brent, you're going to take me down this mountain right now. Good for so, you. So it's like midnight now on August 29th. Oh my God. And this is where I get chills explaining it because he was using his hiking poles to make sure that I didn't like step off the trail. Yeah. So we go from like 12,000 feet all the way down to 8,000 feet. I'm still kind of tripping out. I get so exhausted that I have to go all the way down to 8,000 feet, like like 7,500 feet at the very base of the trail. I ended up sleeping in the truck, wow. still kind of freaking out, kind of like suffering from PTSD. And the whole way I was coming down the mountain, you know what I was thinking? I was like, I'm not going to die. Like, I don't have a family yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't accomplished what I want to with Wellness Force. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not dying. Yeah. And I just kept that thought. I'm like, it's not worth it for my ego to be like, oh, I'm going to do this. (laughs) I was literally in survival mode. Wow. Come to find out, the key sign of acute mountain sickness is hallucination. If you hallucinate on a mountain, you're very close to dying. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because what happens is there's water that collects in the brain, it's edema. (gasps) And so when you have water in the head, you'll trip out, you'll start seeing things. Also, acute mountain sickness happens. One of the symptoms is uncontrolled emotion. Because when I was up there, I was just like crying, like tears coming out. Wow. I was like, why am I crying so much? Why am I seeing things? Like I was tripping out. Thank God my inner self was like, go down the mountain. You're going to survive. Like something was guiding me. Yeah. And it took me two Because how weeks. many people would be like, I got this. People die in their sleep on Mount Whitney. Wow. People die in their sleep all the time on that what mountain. What is it? It's the altitude it's that the brings altitude. up all of the shit? It's the altitude and they don't exactly know why. Some oh, people wow. go up there, they've summited five times and they get it. I, I summited Whitney twice already. So you so, have done this. I've done it, but something about... So your about, ego's like, I've done this before. I can do this. Why don't you do it again, man? But I literally was like, okay, Oh wow. what's most important right now is me understanding that something's not right mm-hmm. and trusting that I'm going down this mountain and that I'm not going to feed my ego and go to the top. I mean, no doubt. No, it's kind of trippy to say this. I would have died. I actually believe I would have died if I would have chosen to just push through it. I'm so grateful you didn't push through it. <laughs> I know. So, so this is the big takeaway that I haven't shared is 
about three months before I went to Mount Whitney, I went to see Pam and Solana. And for people that don't know about psychic mediums or anybody that has um, judgments towards psychic mediums, there are some things that people talk about. They're, they have premonitions and they occur exactly as a medium or a psychic has, has portrayed. Mm -hmm. And what Pam told me when I saw her in Solana Beach three months before I was on that mountain is she said, after August 29th, you're going to be supported by God. She drew this card for me and it was the, the ace of pentacles and it was like the hand of God supporting me. Wow. And I didn't make the connection until I came home. The night that I was on that mountain was August 29th. Whoa, that's cool. So when I came home, I was like, wait a minute. Pam told me in this reading that I would be supported by God on August 29th. That's exactly when I was coming down the mountain. So I, I had a connection to a higher power. Mm -hmm. It was a full moon. I mean, like full body, just like meltdown, shutdown. And I just surrendered. And I think the reason why I can reframe this and why I understand that this happened for me is because that moment brought me really close to God. And you could describe God however you want. I don't mm -hmm. think God's a bearded man in the sky. <laughs> I think God is a higher intelligence that's a presence that, that we could not even understand if we tried. We can only feel. And I felt the presence of God because I was sitting in that truck and I was, I was literally having a conversation with the sky. And I said, God, if you let me live, I promise you I will do everything from a, from a heart space of service and love. And I will have a family and I will make my life a beautiful thing that'll be an honoring of you. And I'm not saying this from a religious standpoint. I'm saying this from, I was so afraid of leaving this world, of leaving life, that I begged who I thought created it to allow me to stay here. Mm -hmm. And that was the big takeaway. And the even weirder, really like beautiful part of it was the whole reading by Pam in Solana Beach, where she told me that that specific night... I would be supported by God. She's not going to, she didn't know I was going to on a mountain. I didn't, yeah, she doesn't know yeah. anything about me. So there's something to be said about spirituality and, and feeling into things and not always going through the analytical mind. We all are divinely guided. If we would tune in ourselves, we can seek out certain masters that help us tune in deeper, that help us access higher states of consciousness. We can go do breath work and medicine and sessions and all these things, but we know you know, what blunts our inner knowing is the doubt and really the fear of just how fucking powerful we are. We are powerful human beings. We're, we've always been this way. And it's just, we learn over the course of childhood and adolescence that through trauma, through neglect, through abuse, through ignorance, like we forget how powerful we are. And there's something actually in, in Logos, which is a very ancient text, very ancient way of belief, where they talk about when people come into this life, when people come into the 3D, everyone drinks from the river of forgetfulness. We purposely come into this 3D experience. We forget how powerful we are. We forget how amazing we are. And I think really to do work is the fact that we're all just remembering how powerful we are, how creative we are, how loving we are, how present we are, how of service we can be. We're just remembering how incredibly awesome we are. And think of that word, awesome, you know, awestruck. When yeah, someone is yeah. awestruck, they're left in awe. Awesome gets abused. Like we are truly the definition of awesome. We're human beings. We're a, a spirit embodied in a meat suit on a rock in the middle of outer space. <laughs> Tweet that Food Hills Nation, Mike Trapp. Goodbye, Josh. Again, we're done here, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Where can everyone find you online? I'm just kidding. So this reminds me: Are you a fan of Marion Williamson? I love Marion Williamson. I want her to be president. 
she's going to be president, if not this cycle, the next. But she says our greatest fear, Mm -hmm. it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. It is that we are powerful beyond measure, which is exactly what you're saying, Josh. And she says it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And it is so true. When I first read this quote, and it goes on. So, you know, Food Heals Nation, you know that I'm obsessed with this quote, and please read it. But when I first read this, I literally got chills because I was like, oh my God, I am not afraid of the dark. I am afraid to shine. I am afraid to be bigger and better and to serve and to have a greater mission in the world because then people will see me. Yeah. And when you let go of that, the world opens up to you. And I think that was a part of you know my spiritual awakening because when you grow up under that religious guise and whether you are in a specific religion or not, you still hear that God is judging you. We have to be good. We have to be this. We have to be that. And I think there's a place for that. You know, great. Don't murder people. Wonderful. (laughs) Things like that have their place. But in terms of the judgment, it's like you have to be exactly who you are and that will open up the world of possibilities to you that you don't even know can exist. The two biggest forces that I can see have that have controlled the majority of my life before my, I guess, awakening of my own started in my early 30s was religion and finance. Mm. Money and religion control subconsciously probably most of the world. Let's be honest. Yeah. Religion and money create or at least fuel most of the wars. That is so, so true. So all of us whether we like it or not, are here on this planet. And quite frankly, let's enjoy this thing because it's beautiful. Like we get to do so many beautiful things. Yet if people are not aware of how powerful they are and they're not living by Marianne Williamson's Our Greatest Fear poem, really download. I feel like she downloaded that from God herself. She totally did. Possibly. So, well, actually, yeah, she, she absolutely did. So if we're not living our life by that kind of divine guideline, then we're constantly in this soup of reaction. We're literally just trying to keep our head above water. How many people feel Mm. right now? Like, be honest, like, do you feel like you're scrambling to keep your head above water so you can take a breath? Because if that's the case, there is deep work below the surface that is actually pulling you down. And it's probably from, most likely, everything that happened to you from when you were born to seven years old. Mm -hmm. If you look at any of the scientific research on habit formation or any tendency types for personality, everything that happens up until seven literally, figuratively runs our life. It runs our whole life. So I explained to you last week that my mom was manic bipolar. My dad wasn't around. I used food. Can you imagine why I chose to come into this lifetime to learn all these lessons Mm -hmm. so that you and I can have this conversation about who the hell we are. Because I had to go through all of that. I got to go through all of that so that I know what that's like, so that I know what the contrast is like. Mm -hmm. People that are, I think it's a song by Bob Dylan or someone, and he said, the pain of a rich man's son. Because people that have everything handed to them, that never have to go through any trials or tribulations Mm -hmm. or thresholds, Mm -hmm. they don't have the contrast of what it's like to suffer, to struggle, to go through these deep, deep learning lessons so that they can then go through that to the light on the other side. And and we all feel that from certain people on a stage or talking like, wow, that person's been through something. I'm going to be still and like, listen to them because we can sense in them that they really have the gravitas of experience. Like they've been through the experience of it all. And it's kind of a long winded answer to your question, but 
Who knows what I asked? Just keep talking. I just know. No, I mean, it, it stems back to what we hit on where this quote from Marianne Williamson, just remembering who we are. Mm-hmm. Really, what you and I have been going back and forth about is just like, we are so loved and supported and we are so powerful if we will choose to focus on that and to remember that. And that stems from our community, the types of shows you listen to, mm-hmm. what, who's in your field, the types of things you're up to in the world. These are all the things that really matter. So my sense is that people are here with us on Food Heals because there's that part of them that's like, yeah, I know that I'm whole. I know that I'm healing. I know that there's more to life than this. And that's why they're here. That's what we're all doing. So Josh, one of my favorite quotes from you that you say is, and I agree with it so much, you say, breathwork, meditation, podcast, and plant medicine are the tools to bring us back to the truth of who we are. I believe that. I got no question. I mean, yeah. I'm no, just like, I, I believe in all that, of that. Yeah. Because I've done all those things and I will continue to do all those things myself. I think firstly, meditation, which we talked about last week, is is incredibly powerful. And if you just want to type in the healing power of meditation or the science, you can do that on Google. Because when we meditate, it's like, have you ever seen a well, like somebody goes and dips way down in a well? Or you ever like shake a glass with water? The glass only, you can only see to the bottom of the glass when the water is still. So water in our mind. Our, what? Our, now I have to look at the water. Think okay, about say this. it again. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're, we're sitting at Food Hills right now at the studio and we're yeah. shaking up this glass of yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can't, if this glass of water, if, like you can't really totally see the bottom because there's like movement and bubbles. Okay, we, let me see. We have to let it be still for a moment. Oh. And then you can really see the full complexity of the bottom. But if it was jostling around and you were shaking it, you couldn't actually see fully the bottom of the glass like you could if the water was super still. I love this. Right? Right? Uh-huh. And so our brain's the same way. So the analogy is if, if we're doing a meditation practice and we're being still enough, okay, well then we can kind of be aware. This is the first step of anything that we do is just being aware. Like, who am I? What am I up to? What's not serving me? Let me like roll my shoulders and just settle into what the hell's going on. <laughs> but most, most people don't settle into what the hell's going on. They're just asking themselves, what the hell's going on? Shaking their fist in the air. So I, th- I think meditation is powerful and, and the breath work, which we actually did a little Facebook live on. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about plant medicine. And I think podcasts, the reason I love doing this with you and why I love podcasts so much is because, man, it's just a way for us to express what we believe is true. Yeah. You know, and this is the whole magic of why people are here listening and being with us because, shoot, a lot of the things that we're saying, they feel the truth light up in themselves when they hear you and I talk about it, you know, and, so, and it's as if they were saying it right back to us. Oh, well, that's why I listen to podcasts and audiobooks because then I'm like, oh my God, that's me. Or if they did it, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it helps connect people. And I know for me, when I see some of my favorite podcasters that I've never met in person, I'm, I'm like, you're my best friend. You like know them. <laughs> yeah. People have, have come up to me and been like, thank you for your podcast. Right. And I'm like, wow, can I hug you and cry for a second? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, because how beautiful is it that my life is a part of their life and, and vice versa? Right. It's, I love- it's a, podcasts are such a powerful medium now. And, and you, they've never existed, if you think about it, in the history of our human evolution. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's only been... What, 20 years, 15 years of podcasts being around? It's such a fascinating thing to see this grow. I'm like really excited to see it grow. I'm also being cautious too because there's a lot of networks that are like buying shows right now and they're putting ads on certain shows. Mm -hmm. So I think there's always going to be a place for this. Well, one thing I like about your show that we also do on our show is we only 
work with sponsors and advertisers whose mission we are in alignment with and we truly believe in. And I think that makes yeah. a huge difference. And you can tell. You can totally tell. Yeah. Like sometimes I'll listen to a podcast and they're mm-hmm. like, they're selling a bed, yep. un- underwear, yep. topical testosterone yep. cream. And, 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 <laughs> I haven't heard that one. And I love it. beet juice in the same <laughs> podcast. I'm like, this is like a really bad day. You know, right, the beets right. are going to stay in the sheets. So, <laughs> so like, you know, like it's about integrity. And I think, I, I thank you for bringing up that quote. I've never had somebody read that quote. Thanks. Well, it was in your bio and I just loved it because I was like, I totally agree with this. So, all right, let's move to something that you have talked about on your show a lot. And I'm really interested in, but I don't know a lot about nootropics. I love nootropics. Nootropics are supplementations that increase cognitive performance and verbal acuity. So what that means is you'll be able to have the time between the synapses in your brain shortened. We have these things in our brain called axons and dendrites. And there's a thing called an action potential. It's where sparks happen. It's like on a battery with a plus and a minus pole. You need the plus and the minus to both be connected in order for the charge to flow in between. And it's the same thing in our brain with the axons and the dendrites. So there's this action potential that happens where thoughts happen. And there's a really fascinating video that's circulating on Facebook and it shows literally the axons and the dendrites firing. And it says, this is what happens when your mind is thinking for itself. And it blew me away because I was like, wow. So there's constantly, like even as you and I, there's, there's billions of things going on in both of our bodies right now. We're okay. breathing, or we're blinking, we're talking. I'm, I'm noticing you, you're noticing me. All of these things, they, they're, they put what's called a cognitive demand on our brain. So what are nootropics? Nootropics are specific compounds that allow the brain to function at its highest capacity. And with the right kinds of compounds, it can function and it can be neuroprotective, which is the myelin sheath that surrounds all the connections in our brain. It's basically made of fat. And so when you're taking the right supplementation through nootropics, you can have more fluid thought, you can have higher verbal acuity, you can have greater cognitive demand that's placed on you without you burning out, and then long-term, you can have neuroprotection. So nootropics, in a sense, are different like racetams, paracetams, different kinds of like alanines, and all this wing of science, which quite frankly, isn't my specialty. What I know is that when You I, know more than me. <laughs> well, what I know is that when I take these compounds that are synergistic together from like a company like I trust, like Neurohacker Collective is... is a big friend of, of wellness force. I love them. And the reason I trust in them is because I've reviewed all their compounds. I know what's in them. I've met the founder. I've taken multiple products. So I love the way nootropics make me feel because it allows me to, on a day where we've all been here, we have to write like more emails and do more analytical stuff than we ever want to do. Oh, my emails torture me. Right? I mean, God, is email just like the bane of our existence or what? Well, I remember, I'm just going to side note here from the nootropics, but I remember um, years ago reading the four-hour work week. And in the book, he literally says, you write this email that goes back to every person. It says, I only check emails at 4 p.m. and blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, that's impossible because I have client emails. I have all these things coming in. But at the amount of email that comes in, plus now we have Facebook Messenger, Instagram Messenger, WhatsApp, texting, WhatsApp. We have messages coming at us all it's of the time. It's unbelievable. And, and for a person who wants to be in a meditative state and wants to focus on one task at a time and not multitask, because I think multitasking is actually the death of productivity. Remember yes, when it was yes. like job interviews are like, I have the ability to multitask. It's like, no. 
I don't want you to multitask. I want you to do one thing at a time so it gets done well and gets done right. Yes. Anyways, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, and this is also in, in relation to nootropics. Why would someone even ever want to take a nootropic? They'd want to take a nootropic because they have a high demand of stress or high load on their on their brain. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why somebody would take a nootropic or experiment with nootropics because they would want to operate to meet the demands of the modern world. Mm-hmm. And the modern world is a very challenging place for a lot of people. I don't think that it, we are meant to no. meet the challenges that no, now exist. we're not. Because if you look at human evolution, we're only like 1% removed from our ancient hominid species, right? Mm-hmm. So homo sapiens. We're still homo sapiens. Mm -hmm. We've only grown like 1% on the evolutionary scale. Yet we have so many things like right now we're being bathed in Wi-Fi and I know things are off gassing around us. I'm about to ask you about 5G. Uh huh. Go on. (laughs) And and we also have (laughs) notifications that literally. So if you think about what happens when you go get like an IV, Mm -hmm. we are all connected to an IV. I'm putting my cell phone on my forearm right Mm -hmm. now. Imagine your cell phone being an IV and we're constantly being pulled back to the IV. Mm -hmm. Notifications, text messages, emails, phone calls. It's just literally this computer that we're carrying around in our pocket. It is killing human connection. It's also, if it's used consciously, can be a connector. But but bringing it right back around to the nootropics conversation, what happens when you take nootropics is that you have a very clear focus. Think of the phrase, a foot wide and a mile deep. Mm -hmm. That's what nootropics are. The modern world wants us through weapons of mass distraction to go a mile wide and a foot deep. Mm-hmm. So nothing ever really gets done, but we're always busy. Right. And this is the sickness of the modern world. Oh, we're we're totally. all busy, but no one's ever going the mile deep. Yeah. If you're that busy, why aren't you a motherfucking millionaire right exactly. now? Exactly. Well, this is why Cal Newport and deep work is so popular because he's teaching people how to actually do that mile deep foot wide aspect. Yes, yes. And I bet you, if you, if you ask most high performers, they take nootropics or some kind of cognitive support now mm. because there are days where I'll get home from like a trip or something and I'll come back and I'll just be like, Oh my fucking God, there's there's 350 emails to do. I'll take a, I'll take a rest for Mm -hmm, a day. mm -hmm. I'll take my qualia. That's what I take qualia mind. Mm -hmm. And I will blaze through those emails quickly because it's all left brain stuff. It's Mm -hmm. all like, let me get this. Let me do this. Mm -hmm. It's all like masculine completion energy. Yeah. So, so the long-winded answer for nootropics is that you would only experiment with them if you feel like there's a, you're in a certain period of your life where your brain is being taxed. And then the last thing I'll say on top of this to kind of buttress it all is there is a, a wing of science that's studying decision fatigue right now. Mm-hmm. And decision fatigue, if you look at Brendan Bruchard or if you look at – there's a physician who I interviewed on the show. Um, I forget his name right now, but he, but he wrote The Brain Always Wins. We're constantly in this cognitive demand. We only get 150 really high-level strategic decisions every single day. Mm-hmm. And once you go beyond 150 decisions, you get what's called cognitive burnout or cognitive decline. This is why at 4 o'clock you're dead. Right. Or this, is why, <laughs> this is why a mom at 9 p.m. at the grocery store with her screaming child oh. eventually just gives in and gives them the chocolate. Yeah. She has no cognitive capacity left, right? The food manufacturers know this. They place all this shitty food so the kids can reach the food. You go into a grocery store, it is designed to take as much money from you as possible and capitalize on decision fatigue. Our entire society is built on people being burnt out, tired, not being conscious. It's a whole other conversation. So the way that we beat decision fatigue is by being really intelligent about our decisions and setting up accountability 
in our lives so that we don't have to make so many decisions. Mm-hmm. This is why Steve Jobs wore the same outfit every day. I love that. This is why some people, like I have like six of the same board shorts and I just rotate them all. All right, let's talk about that really quick and we're going to come back to nootropics. But here's the thing. So as a woman, I love fashion. I love doing my hair. I love makeup. I love finding that perfect, cute outfit. But sometimes I do think, do you know how much easier my life would be if I could just wear the same outfit every day? Steve Jobs style. I would save so much time. I would be more productive. I would probably make more money because I would have more time to dedicate to doing the things that I love and building my business. But then at the same time, it's like, you know, putting the perfect outfit together and doing your hair and makeup. It's part of my creativity. Yeah. But but creativity is different though, because you're doing the the different clothes and the things that you like because it makes you feel good. It does make you're, you feel you're good. Not, you're not doing it as a victim of, oh my God, I have to wear something new because if I don't, people will chastise me. I will say it's a little bit of both because it's like we do live in this Instagram era where it's like, oh no, you can't wear the same outfit on Instagram. <laughs> God forbid. Look, I don't really care that much, but things like that do affect us. And that's what women <laughs> on Instagram are thinking about today. At the same time, I like the idea of wearing the same thing every day just to simplify my life. But then I know if I'm going to be on video or see the same group of people, um, I'm not going to wear the same thing because I want to wear something fresh and different and new. This is why things like Rent the Runway are so popular now because you can wear a certain amount of clothes for a month, send them back and get a new set of clothes the next month. I don't have a subscription, but many of my girlfriends do. Yeah, Stitch Fix and Trunk Box and, yeah. you know, selectyouroutfit.com, whatever it's called. Yeah. I, I just feel like we're, at, we're being taught to consume at such a fast rate. And this is going to be kind of polarizing, but I don't really care. Go for it. Let's hear it. Everyone needs to take a damn break from buying so many things. I know. Like, stop buying shit you don't need. Mm-hmm. Just stop it because you're killing the world. You're killing yourself. You're stressing yourself out. You're maxing your finances out. You guys, we can do so much more with so much less. I agree. So much more with so much less. So, Josh, you know that right now I'm doing the Marie Kondo on my house. And I'm like, where did this stuff come from? When did I buy it? Why did I buy it? Was I having an emotional need? So we all have ways that we satisfy our addictions. And I know that you had one that you shared with me earlier. And I have had, I have suffered from shopping addiction. I've suffered from sugar addiction. I understand. And, and food addiction to a certain sense, extent where I mean, I would eat to cover up a feeling that I didn't want to feel. And now I never went to the obesity side or the yeah. overeating side, but yeah. it's, I certainly understand overeating or going to sugar to cover up an emotion. And I know that we both worked with David's episode on this. And I think that it could be work addiction. It could be internet. Now all the kids have online addiction, video gaming addiction. Yeah. Video games is a massive addiction yeah. for a lot of people. So how, how can we get rid of these addictions? Hmm. By doing the work. And there, and there ain't no easy PDF you can download online for that shit either. There's no pill I can pop. No, I mean, it's by doing the work. And, um, you know, I think, if you look at what David does, he does uh, a brain flip science mm-hmm. where it's built on the Pavlonian response yeah. where there's a cue, there's a stimulus, there's a response. Yeah. And so training in that system, as you know, is really hard. Oh, it's like, not easy. <laughs> like there's a, there's a week or even two for some people where it's literally, it doesn't feel the type of training that he does and that you and I have gone through. It's, it's fighting every response that our body has trained itself to do. 
Yeah. In other words, if you're used to getting home and always eating ice cream at 8 p.m., mm -hmm. well, you're not going to do that, but you're actually going to be listening to your own voice telling you why it's so painful that you don't do that. And it's going to be such a hard cue for you to learn that it's going to take you to the emotion that's driving the unhealthy behavior itself. Right. So my therapy was, I was like, I want to give up chocolate cake and ice cream. All vegan, don't worry. But I was still <laughs> doing it on a regular basis because I was like, I had a hard day. I'm sad. I need ice cream. I need cake. So it became this addiction. So then I would have to literally sit there and eat the chocolate cake or eat the ice cream while listening to a recording of myself talking about in the future, what a piece of shit I would be. I don't know. <laughs> Are you recording this? Anyways. And, um, so that was where I flipped it because just like you said, it was the Pavlonian response yeah. where you have to flip something in order. Your brain flips it and then you no longer crave that because you realize that the worst thing that can happen is way worse than the temporary enjoyment that you get from it in that moment. Amen. And it's all about the temporary too, because I have this sense that what drives all human behavior is emotion and belief. So if I believe that I'm not worthy, then that's going to lead me to wanting to get out of the stress of me feeling like shit. Yeah. And then that's going to lead me to eating a bunch of chocolate cake that's not great for me, but it's a vicious cycle. For sure. And let's be honest here. Like that vicious cycle doesn't stop without some kind of massive intervention. And mm -hmm. typically it's people getting cancer, getting sick, losing someone close to them yeah. and or even like losing a relationship or shoot, it could be, it could be even like the most challenging, you know, where someone looks in the mirror one day and they're just like crying and they just look at their body and they're like, I just, I just want this to stop. Yeah. You know, I just want, I, I want my self-loathing to stop. And I think everybody has a different threshold that they reach. And at some point though, like all roads lead to self-love. I don't care who you are or what modality you use mm -hmm. or what kind of training tool personal trainer, therapist, nutrition, David Zepizodi, podcasting, yeah. all roads are guiding and slowly, like a parent's hand on the small of a baby's back, they're guiding people mm -hmm. towards peace, towards love, towards loving themselves. And it's not sexy because it's hard. It's nuanced. There's no ultimate guide or book you can read that'll like take you there. It's, it's a journey of individuation that we get to the self-love. It's not like we wake up on a random Tuesday and it's like, oh, I love myself today. <laughs> <laughs> like it's taken, I'm 39 years old. So it's taken me like my, almost my entire third decade of life mm -hmm to understand what the hell self-love even is, let alone practice it to myself every day. And I have the majority of days where I love Josh Trent. Like, I'm really proud of him and yeah. I love who he is. And then I have some moments where like really old shit comes up and right. I'm like, huh, what are you doing here yeah. again? You know, like what, who brought you to the party? So we're, we're all doing the best we can. And I just have a sense that Brene Brown, you know, the reason she talked about her her time with her therapist where she had something happen where Brene was like, no, people aren't doing the best they can. Fuck that. I, I know people are, are lacking and people could do better. And then she had this moment that I'll, I won't spoil it, but read, read her book. Mm -hmm. I think it was Braving the Wilderness. It, it might've been the other one, but she said that she had a moment where she realized, wow, I've been judging people for not showing up because I was projecting how I had different expectations of how people should be showing up mm -hmm. for me. Meanwhile, parents that hurt us, siblings mm -hmm. that don't love us, people in public, everyone's doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. I, I truly like feel that now yeah. that people are doing the best they can. Here's the caveat. Even if the best they can isn't good enough for me. Oh, that's, yes. That's the caveat, right? 
people are all doing the best they can. So I don't get to indulge in judgment towards them, Yeah. but I can definitely take notice and take a scorecard and notice that their best isn't the best for me. Well, you know what is fascinating is that everyone comes to their conclusions in their own way. For me, it, I usually see it in multiple places. So I'll hear it once and then I'll see it again and see it again. So I was in grad school at University of Santa Monica, which is essentially the school of learning to love yourself, where you get a master's degree. Sounds like a good school. Oh my God, Josh, you would die. So <laughs> it's everything we're talking about. Basically, they believe that we are all souls having a human experience and it's all getting back to love, returning to love, choosing love over fear every day, yeah. self-forgiveness, forgiving other people to in order to forgive yourself, all of the things. And um, what you were just talking about, I remember my best friend's mother in Chapel Hill told me this story. And at the end of the story, and in grad school, they drilled this into their head. Don't judge anyone because everyone is doing the best that they can with the resources, knowledges, and what they have. So you cannot judge them because what they did was for their best purpose for the best that they could do for you, even if it was an abuser. So you're learning how to reframe this. Yeah. And her mother said to me, you know, she told me this whole traumatic story. And then she said, I just realized that my mom did the best she could. And I realized I'm just going to do the best I can. And the best that that mother could have done was highly abusive and horrible. But the best she could do was everything to transform that. But sometimes it, it takes hearing it from multiple places and the fact that her mom came to that conclusion in a completely different space than I was learning it from grad school all the way in California, liberal California, my best friend's mom <laughs> telling me this in North Carolina, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that she, she said to me, and the key was I had to forgive her. I was like, oh my God, you know, I agree. I'm learning to forgive other people around me. And then I was thinking in my head, and then the next step is you forgive yourself and I'm not going to tell her that. And then she goes, and then I just had to forgive myself for all the times I judged her. And I was like, you are a genius. This is all happening internally within her consciousness. Well, I'm paying thousands of dollars a month to attend this master's degree grad school <laughs> to learn all of this stuff. And so yeah. I love that because it was like, it is all consciousness, wherever we come to it from, we are all coming to it from different places. I had to go to an expensive grad school to learn it and apply it to myself. While back in North Carolina, my best friend's mother is coming it all to the same conclusions on her own because it is universal spiritual concepts. Mm -hmm. I believe that we all pull from the same collective unconsciousness. Dispenza talks about this, the collective pool of unconscious. He mm -hmm. calls it the field. Mm -hmm. So we all pull ideation from the field. And that ideation can come from negative vibration, positive vibration. It's all down there. Yeah. It's legitimately like all the wars, fears, tears, craziness, psychosis, all that grungy black tar is down there. And you know what's also down there? sunshine, little babies crying, making out, <laughs> being naked next to a stream. Like all of this stuff is down there. It's all down there. And I think people forget going back to another point in a conversation we had earlier, like people drink from the river of forgetfulness for a reason. I think part of why we're here is to do exactly what you and I are doing and what everyone listening with us is doing. And that is evolve. Think about the word evolve. There's the word love in evolution. Ooh. It's in there. It's in there for a reason. Because as we evolve, the only way we could ever evolve is by loving ourselves. That's it. it we, could, we could evolve towards the dark, there's death and decay. Towards the light, there's evolution. 
because then we're learning what else is possible. Mm-hmm. We're curious about what the next level, what the next layer looks like. But towards the dark, there's no evolution. There's no love. There's nothing. There's just us going to, there's no point about living. There's atheism. There's no point to being alive. What's the point anyways? Ah, forget it. It's all a cosmic joke. That's there if you want it. <laughs> I mean, it's there if you want to go there. Yeah. But you can also choose in any moment. And I know it's easy for me to be on a podcast because there's people listening that say, you don't know how hard I've had it. And you're right. I don't. I don't know how hard you've had it, but you don't know my story either. Right. You know, you know a little bit of it. We all deal with the most uncomfortable, painful things that look different for each person. Mm-hmm. And we're all coming from this place of evolution and love and we're all pulling in relationships on a continuous basis that are healing us but you know what before the healing comes the triggers and i'm in this new relationship now and i can already tell i can already tell that this is going to be a powerful relationship and she's strong and she is going to pull out my triggers i can already tell and we're like a couple weeks in yeah but it's so beautiful because i'm like yeah i couldn't be with somebody who didn't shine a mirror at me I couldn't be, if I was with someone that always said, whatever you want, baby, whatever you want, whatever you want, I would, I would atrophy. I would die. I would die. Yeah. (laughs) We need each other and we also need each other to challenge one another. And so you manifested this relationship after a powerful experience. Oh my gosh. This, so, (laughs) so if anyone has heard of Paul Check. I was on Paul Check's podcast April 29th, which was my 39th birthday in, in Texas after the, the paleo conference. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. And, Where and, you were a speaker. That's right. I was, yeah. I was moderating a panel with like Dave Asprey and, and some other really powerful people that are, I, I believe, doing great work. No one's perfect, but everyone's doing the best they can. There's a lot of great speakers there. And Paul was one of them. Mm-hmm. And Paul had me on his podcast. And what was fascinating about Paul is that I, I really looked to him as a mentor. And it's been 10 years to like get there. Yeah. You know, to really, because I read his book in 2008. And so there I am on his podcast. And he turns to me out of the blue and he just goes, so what are you most excited about right now? And I thought about it and I said, Okay. I'm most excited about calling in divine partnership. Like I, I'm, I'm desiring and I'm calling in sacred union. He goes, oh, well, let me help you then. Would you like help? And I said, sure. I would love to get help. Hell yeah. And so he says, great. I'm going to give you Paramahasa Yogananda's soul union prayer. Okay. And Paramahasa Yogananda, for people that haven't heard of him, this was the man who was um, the autobiography of a yogi. He also yep. founded the Self-Realization Fellowship across the world. One of their headquarters is in Encinitas. Mm-hmm. It's on the 101. If you're driving down, it's got these gold temples on it. It's Koi Pond, just incredible place. And he said, this is what called in my wife to me. And my wife was halfway across the world. And I kept reciting this Paramahasa Yogananda's prayer. And when I said it, it allowed me to see her face one day when he was meditating in between lectures. Amazing. And then one day she came into the hall and it was her. And he said that his whole meridian system just like activated. He could barely walk. He was mumbling. Like it was so powerful. This, this, <laughs> this, di- this divine union, right? And so he said, are you ready? And I said, yeah. And, and he gave me this prayer and he said, bless me that I choose my life's companion according to the laws of perfect soul union. Bless me that I choose my life's companion according to the laws of perfect soul union. And then he paused and he said, that's your prayer. That's your practice. If you're ready, so is she, but be patient. Mm. And I can even feel it right now just talking to you about it because it was so powerful. I, I don't know. It was like, it was like he was channeling Paramahasa Yogananda or something. Nine days later in the desert, I went out to go take a breathwork 
session and a podcast with Anahata Ananda, who's a very powerful breath worker in Sedona. And I meet this girl, Carrie Michelle, on Cathedral Rock in Sedona. And the next thing, I'd been chatting with her on Facebook, and we just kind of met out there. I had no expectations. And I meet this woman, and I knew right away, I was like, I really, really like this woman a lot. Like, this is like a deep soul kind of contract here unfolding. And two weeks later, she came to San Diego. And then two weeks later, I went to Sedona, and we were laying by a stream. And I just told her the entire story about the soul union prayer. And we had this like ultimate seven day expansion of like understanding who the hell we really were. Wow. You know, when you look at somebody and you're like, I see you, I actually know who you are. Oh my God. And we were laying by the stream and I said, I don't want to date anyone else. And she was like, I don't want to date anyone else either. And I was like, well, would you like to be my girlfriend? Oh my God, this is so cute. <laughs> like high school. Yeah. And she was like, okay, yeah. So, so, so okay. that ju- it just happened. And, and it's a testament to three years of like a dark night of my soul where it just for three years from like 2016 to 2019 was me just being with me and just like understanding all the dark ass parts of myself yeah. and doing a lot of breathwork journeys and plant medicine and a lot of healing work and just really getting in there and just letting go of a lot of the things that happened for me, right? In order to prepare me for this union, it's all divinely guided. It's everything is divinely guided, well, whether we want to admit it or not. You just said it, it happened for you, not to you. That's right. And that's the mind space we have to be in, right? It's, I think it's the only way that imagination can actually give us what we desire is if yeah. we're not in the fucking way. If we get, yeah. <laughs> if we like get yeah. out of the way, yeah. but you know, what gets us in the way is like the, the fear. If, if we're not doing our work and if we're afraid of something, which again, we talked about religion and finance, but it also comes from parents or from community mm-hmm. fear, the news, mm-hmm. things that scare, oh, God. you know, training. Don't it's, it's, we're all part of a collective field and we're all lumps in like this cosmic soup. And if we can just understand that and just go slower, I think that we're moving so fast right now. Yeah, with technology. We're, see- we're seeing technology just like stack and replicate upon itself. For what? Just so that we can say we've done it? <laughs> like how do these technology executives sleep at night? The ones that are just chasing the top line revenue so they can make processors cheaper and speed faster. Like who are you actually serving? Mm-hmm. Like, are you really making this world better or are you just making money? Well, I think we can make money and make the world better. That's possible. That is absolutely possible. It's a reality. But the pharmaceutical industries and the 5g industries don't understand that. But I was going to go back. Hold on. I was going to ask you about a 5g, but B go back and say, if someone listening right now wants yeah. to manifest their love, yes. would you say not only do you have to cultivate your own self love, but also is that prayer for anyone or was that prayer specifically for you? No, that prayer was for anyone. So anyone can so do this. So if you were listening to that yeah. and you really were feeling that, and I'll read something else. This, this okay. is by my friend. Okay. And, and this just came up for me. And she said, for those on the quest to finding love, this is a powerful loving suggestion. Ooh. Stop being so attached to the outcome mm-hmm. and experience the feeling of what you really want to feel in every circumstance, no matter who you're with. At every level of relating, There are beautiful moments to take in, give, and practice love. Use them often. You will find that the more you can be in the vibration of love unconditionally, the more love will boomerang its way back to you. I love that. And that's what you and I are talking about. If you're looking to attract your love, do your work and hold the vibration of what you want and attach emotion to it. Most people journal. 
and they'll like, I want to have my five goals and I'm going to go to my strategy session, but they're never, they never wrap emotion around it. Well, and I think I remember it, it's, it's again, like remember the movie, the secret, it kind yes. of simplified this where it's like sleep on one side of the bed, put your car on one side of the garage. So there's room for the other car. Sure. Fine, great. But if you're not doing the deep work that goes behind that, yeah. it's not going to work. Exactly. Because desire and goal setting is one thing. Emotion and emotional charge is another. Yeah. Information, Tony Robbins, <laughs> Tony Robbins says this all the time. Information without emotion is not going to get anyone anywhere. It's when you combine information and emotion that it supercharges. That's mm-hmm. what actually gets mm-hmm. manifestation working. That is the law of attraction. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I have a sense, I'm curious how you feel about this. And for everyone listening, like take this in right now, the law of reciprocity and the law of vibration, I can sense they're on the same frequency. In other words, the law of attraction, I'm putting out into the world what I want. Well, if I'm putting out love and I'm putting out service and I'm not hardcore expecting something in return, the law of reciprocity is going to bring it back to me. Like Shanoa talked about with the boomerang. So the law of attraction and the law of reciprocity is really the same thing. It operates in the same vibrational code. So if I'm giving love and I'm giving service and I'm not hardcore expecting something back and I just trust that it'll come back, I mean, this is like the ultimate movie <laughs> that, we <can> just, <laughs> that we can just manifest and just make this happen for ourselves. And this is like the, the branch of physical intelligence and emotional intelligence that I'm really diving into right now is how do I get good at manifesting? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I get really good at it? Because it just happened. Yeah, so, yeah, and so yeah. I'm like, okay, how do I duplicate that? Yeah. Like, what emotional state was I in? I was heart open. I was accepting. I was in possibility. Yeah. I wasn't in high levels of stress and I wasn't in like self-limiting beliefs and doubts and fears. And I think, I think this is unique to everyone. So yeah, I just feel like the way we started this podcast, the boomerang of love has come back. I didn't know I was going to read that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but no, I couldn't agree more because I know I can vibrate from many different frequencies, but when I'm vibrating in gratitude, I am able to manifest, but also forgiveness. Because if you're holding anything against anyone, including yourself, you are blocked from all that can happen, all that can be yours. So for me, it's like forgiveness opens the door to freedom. And then from there, we can expand. From there, we can move into our missions. The more we give, the more we receive. And it's not just karma, like tip a little bit extra and you're going to receive money. I Maybe that works. I don't know tithing. Maybe that works. I don't know. But it's giving of yourself, giving and serving as much as you can. You have a podcast where you serve tons of people. Yeah, you might make some money from it, but you're doing it from a place of service. You're doing it from a place of giving back and that reciprocity will come to you, I believe. I love that you brought up forgiveness too, because how many books and how many sentences from Oprah to Tony Robbins to Eckhart Tolle to all these leaders that we learn from, they're all saying the same thing with different words. Yeah, different words, for sure. And you know what they're all saying is that forgiveness is not about the other person. It's not about the it's other about person. It's about me. Yes. It's about you. It's yes. a gift that we give ourselves. Yes. And, and I'll, Holding and I'll, something against someone else does not hurt them. It only hurts you. 100%. So anyone that is hold, if you are holding something, that person did this to me, you are playing the victim and you are not truly letting go. And it, that doesn't affect that person. Only affects you. I'd love to share a quick story, if you'd let me, about my father with this forgiveness Not piece. allowed. All right. Well, in the show right Can't now. Can't wait to hear. <laughs> so, so what came through in the last Rhythmia journey that I did in March Can is... Can you please tell us about Rhythmia 
one more time. Absolutely. Really so Rhythmia Life Advancement Center, it's a plant medicine, uh, legal medical plant medicine facility and breathwork facility in Costa Rica. It's a wellness retreat. We talked about in the first episode, we talked about so the first just episode. go back. But go it's, ahead. A, it's a place where people go to receive deep healing work mm-hmm, through mm-hmm. plants and through breath. Beautiful. Um, wellness Force partner with them because we believe in them so much. I'm definitely so going. We're going to talk. Okay. We're going to talk about this. Yeah. I think there's a way that you could go down there and share with people what you're learning. Honestly. So anyways, I I go to Rhythmia. In in the last night of ceremony, you do four nights of ceremony. And the fourth night, Ayahuasca showed me something that happened when I was 17. And and I haven't talked about this yet, actually. This is is kind of interesting to bring up right now. Let me just take a breath. (sighs) So when I was 17, my dad found condoms in my dryer. And our relationship was really tumultuous. Mm -hmm. Like my dad was not... He did the best he could, but he was not emotionally present. Yeah. He didn't have that tool set because his dad didn't have it either. Mm-hmm. So when he brought the condoms out, I paralyzed. I didn't know how to communicate because I never knew how to communicate to him. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, they're James's. They're not mine. I Who's just like, James? this is my brother. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, they're someone mm-hmm. else's. So that night I'm out with my girlfriend at the time. I'm 17. She's 15. And um, I get a text from my mom and she said, hey, your dad called and said you're having sex with my daughter. Like he went around my back. And and in that moment, I felt like somebody had put a sword sword in my throat, like just stabbed me. Especially at this age. Everything is so secret and private. Yeah. So I I go home. We have this huge argument. I ended up moving out of the house. And 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 Ayahuasca showed me at that time I made a subconscious belief. It was literally like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Inside Out. Have Mm -hmm. you seen that? Mm -hmm. Everyone immediately download Inside Out. It's a fascinating movie about when we're a child, how beliefs and memories get stored. Why haven't I seen this? And it's a Disney Disney movie, I believe. Shut up. Pixar or something. It's fascinating. So what happened to me at that time is I I created a belief and Ayahuasca showed me this belief and I just started bawling. Like I was like, I was throwing up. I was sad. I was just like, oh my God, this is so real. But it had been running my life. It had been running my fucking life. And this belief was, I can't trust men. I can't trust my father and I'll lead life on my own and I'll show you and I'll never be sexual openly. I'll always believe that sex is something you should hide. Oh and, the, my and this God. is what all came through wow. at Rhythmia. And I'm, That's so and powerful. in the morning when the sun yeah. was coming up, we do shares mm. and I shared this to the entire group, that the whole thing, the condoms, all this stuff. And when I realized like, not only had I been from 17 to 38 at that time, I was holding on to this resentment towards my father. Wow. But then on top of the resentment that I was holding on him, I was also shaming myself for holding on to the judgment. Yeah, yeah. So there was a a double whammy there. So when I threw up, and literally, I mean, you purge, you physically purge shit out of your body there. I'm so terrified. There was an instructor there, and he said, you know, I, I wanted you to have your space, but I want to let you know, like when you threw up, he's like, because this is a person that's able to see energies. Mm-hmm. He's a very intuitive person there. Mm-hmm. And he said, when you threw up, I saw a dark entity leave your body. Holy and when it left the room, it said, thank you. And so when he told me that the next day, I just started crying again. Cause I was like, man, I feel like something left my body. And, and Wow. I said to the whole group, I was like, I'm going to have my dad on my podcast. I'm going to apologize to him for being so resentful oh. and for not understanding that he didn't have the tools. He had no idea how to handle that situation. Right. And I got back home and I didn't do it. <laughs> it, <laughs> it took me two months okay. and, I, and I felt it bubbling. And this is what the call of the medicine does for people. You go to ayahuasca and the journey unfolds months after. Mm. You don't get a transformation just from going to drink medicine once. You go, and when you're ready, when ayahuasca and when, mm-hmm. and when higher intelligence knows you're ready, it'll mm-hmm. guide you to the decisions you already know are true. Mm-hmm. 
And so it took me two months. I went camping by myself for three days. I stayed out in nature and I felt so sad. I'm like, what is this sad feeling I'm feeling? Like, what the hell is going on? I sat below this big tree for three hours and I'm like, I'm not leaving until I figure out why I'm so sad. Mm. And I just did breath work and I sat there and then I knew I was like, cool. I have to, I, I, there's no way around this. Like I get to call my dad when I get home. So I drove home that morning. I had spent three days by myself in nature with no technology. I get home, I call him and I said, listen, I, I need to talk to you about some things mm-hmm. and I'm really requesting that you just keep an open mind because I've let go of a lot lately and I just get to express this to you. Is this okay? And I asked him for permission, yeah. which is what we all get to do. We never just want to dump on people without asking them for permission. Yeah. So I asked him for permission. He said yes. And then I went for it. I wow. told him everything that how I'd hold on to resentment. And I'm like, I'm like shaking while I'm doing this. Mm. And then, and then as the conversation goes on, I'm feeling like, I'm feeling like a strong man instead yeah. of his son. Yeah. And then he says, I'll never forget this. He goes, he listens to me for like 15 minutes and he goes, wow, I guess I could have handled that really differently. Wow. So it was like his way of apologizing, which mm-hmm. by the way, I didn't need him to apologize because I had already forgiven him and forgiven myself, which was the real thing. Mm-hmm. I had to forgive myself. And so when he said that, we ended up having this beautiful conversation and I saw where he was and where he was is he was in a place where he's developed enough to where he doesn't want to grow spiritually anymore. He doesn't want to take the path that I'm taking. And it's beautiful because that's not what I need him to do. I don't need him to do anything for me. None of us need our parents to do anything for us anymore, but we're all adults with bodies that inside of them are running around this earth. And especially the people that are in political power, we're all adults running around with children that have unprocessed emotions inside of us. Right. And so what I felt in that moment with him and how this relates to forgiveness is that by me doing the hard work of like, just getting down to, to why I actually get to forgive. Cause most, I even told my brother about this and he was like, man, I can't believe that you would apologize to him. That was fucked up what he did to you. And you could see it like that if you want to. Of course. But when I see it like that, I don't like the way that I feel. You're the victim. Of I'm, that the, I'm the victim. Mm-hmm. So, so when I do, did this process of like plant medicine, two months of integration, sitting below a tree in nature for three hours after a weekend by myself, then that was where I cultivated the courage. And this applies to all of us. Wow. Because it, just because we have a breakthrough doesn't mean that we're prepared to take inspired action right away and that i think that can be very faulty because then what happens is you have this like epiphany and then all of a sudden you take action and the result isn't what you want or what you would expect and so you're disappointed then you say oh i didn't have the epiphany or it didn't work so i think what you did best was spacing that out and taking the time and going under the tree i mean i i think that is key to this whole healing process is taking the time taking the time Food heals and so does time <laughs> because <laughs> time heals. food grows. Think about how food grows. Food grows in a garden, right? Mm. And it takes time for food to grow. Yeah. It takes time for us to heal. Well, I can't think of a better note to end on, but I was going <laughs> to ask you one more thing yes. because I know that you're not the personal expert on this, but you had the personal expert on your show. And it was fascinating to me because I've been reading a lot about it and then hearing this breakdown on your show was really good, so you can plug it and tell everyone what to listen to, but oh yeah, 5G, baby. Okay, so the, the thing that we're all learning about 5G mm-hmm. is that within the T's and C's, the terms and conditions in our phone, if you look within the terms and conditions and you go to the actual, like if you're on an iPhone, you can scroll down, it's in a, it's in a hidden menu. Yeah. If you look at that, in the phone itself, mm-hmm. they're admitting 
in your terms and conditions that you should never have your phone actually physically touching, touching your body. Touching you, yeah. So this is why I have a case. Um, I'm also looking at getting um, a sleeve that goes inside of the phone, mm -hmm. which Thaddeus, for people that don't know, Thaddeus Owen, he's the co-founder of Primal Hacker. He was on Wellness Force. We did yeah. a deep dive into 5G. And really good episode. link that in the show notes. Yeah. So what happens is, is when the phone physically touches your body, it transfers all of that 5G into your skin. And into it's, your and DNA. Into your body, into your DNA. So it's really, really important to always keep the phone like either in your purse or not, not in your pocket all the time. If it is in your pocket, turn it on airplane. It's super easy. Like yeah. if you're, if you have your phone in your pocket, just turn it on airplane. If it's in your car, just make sure it's on your dash and like not touching you. The less you can have your phone physically touch your skin, the, the less that 5G is going to enter your body. And here's the thing. 5G is just the new iteration of 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, blah, blah, blah. But 5G is more powerful the closer you are to the source. Yeah. So in my house right now, I have a Wi-Fi. You probably all do. I have two. One is 5G and one is something else G. And the I think it's 2G. The 2G I can walk all the way to the back house and use or all the way to my driveway, but the 5G is localized. So the closer I am to the 5G, the more it's affecting my body. So let me tell you, every night that is off. Every night before you go to bed, please turn off your Wi-Fi. Yeah. Because your neighbors aren't turning it off. So at least turn off yours so you have less exposure. Because yeah. we don't know the long-term effects, but we know that it is affecting our DNA. It is affecting us, but it's not affecting us. Some people are more prone to it, so you might not be able to sleep at night and not know why. It could be your wireless, but other people sleep just fine like a baby. They're not as affected because we all have different genes and DNA. But the other thing, Josh that I'm terrified of besides it's destroying our bodies. Oh, and there's also supplements you can take, but listen to Josh's podcast to get those supplements. But the other thing is how it's tracking us. And I'm not trying to get too conspiracy on sure. us, but 5g is literally the, it's like a tracking device. So they are tracking you. You think that they're already tracking us. Now they're tracking everything they're doing, so they can advertise right back to us, control us, and even if your phone is turned off, there's still a chip, a GPS in your phone. And so, be wary of the five G and turn it off when you don't want people to know where you're going. There's a term from ancient Rome. It's called bread and circus. Okay. And bread and circus is when they had people that were in abject poverty in ancient Roman times, they would give them bread for mm -hmm. food mm -hmm. when the people really were starving, but they would only wait till the people were really starving. They'd give them bread and then they would give them circus, which was the pantheon and like people fighting in the Colosseum and mm -hmm. death and dismemberment, like very low level things, mm -hmm. but it would keep the people just interested and just alive enough so that they could be controlled. And, and what we're seeing right now with 5G is this is another way for modern day society to repeat what happened in ancient Rome with bread and circus. Because bread and circus, Instagram, Facebook, right. games, video games. Holy shit. I just got back from Rome. I'm candy like, crush, oh, right? shit. We're, yeah. we're living in a mirror of ancient times in modern day 5G of mm. bread and circus. That, that's what's going on right now. And we're talking about it with two iPhones, two computers, an iPad. Like, you know. It's all around us. It's all around us. So, so what do we do? Because there could be negative, like people could get depressed and they could mm -hmm. say, well, there's no hope and it's and we're going right. to forget it all. Yeah. But like we talked about with the collective unconscious, that's there. So is the light and the solutions. They're both there. Yeah. So like, let's focus on like what we can actually do. 
practical things. Keep your phone away from your body. If it if it is close to your body, get a shield that can yeah. actually block some of the five G. Defender shield is Defen- a good one. Defender shield, mm-hmm. and make sure when you go to sleep, you turn your Wi Fi off. You can buy a, an Amazon timer. This is what I have: an Amazon timer for less than ten dollars. Shut up! It's got, I don't it's know. got a timer. I literally unplug it. it. It's a wheel timer, <gasps> and it can time on and off. Shut up! Like a sprinkler. How do I not know about this? So, well, here we go. This, yeah, is, why, yeah. this is why we're on food heels. I literally right now. unplug it every night. Great. And then so, if I fr- I wake up and I'm like, did I unplug it? I can't sleep. Oh my god, my wife, I must. <laughs> like I, I like internalize that I must, and then I'm like, oh no, I did unplug it, so I can't I can't sleep because it's something else. But I would even say like the the most powerful thing that anyone can do is make sure that you're using your night mode on yes. your phone so that you're not getting the blue light in your mm-hmm, face mm-hmm. and have a have an evening ritual instead of focusing on the details here and mm-hmm. being like how do i mitigate all the 5g right. you're not going to be able to yeah okay you're right. just do your very best have your phone not in your body and put the timer on your wi-fi those two things will put you in the upper 90 percentile i agree of care but i will say that the one thing that everyone can do is have a nighttime ritual because mm-hmm. if you have a nighttime ritual you don't have to worry about your phone you don't have to worry about your wi-fi you put your wi-fi in a timer your phone's away from you you're taking a warm bath you got candles lit you're with your person you love you're reading a book like have a nighttime ritual if you have that you won't have to worry about what you don't want you're just focused on what you do want 100 percent. and i actually gave i made us an organifi nighttime drink do you want to taste it let's go okay so before we wrap up josh and i both work with organifi and we do it because we truly truly love it the reason that I love it is because of the anti-cancer properties. And so what Turkey Tail does is it absorbs anything. So cancer is fed by sugar. And so what Turkey Tail does is it takes eats anything before a tumor can. So it can starve tumors. So that's one of my favorite parts besides all the antioxidant powers and everything like that. Yep. But I love things that are powered by mushrooms. And what I did with this Organifi is I put cinnamon in it and I mix it with oat milk and then I put a little bit of either MCT oil, coconut oil, or Miyoko's vegan butter each time because that's the healthy fats. So tonight we have Miyoko's vegan butter which makes it creamy but you could also do the coconut oil or the MCT oil. This sounds so good. Ready? Yep. Okay. Got the Organifi Gold with the vegan butter? Yeah, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, you could also do, I mean... Paleo people can do regular butter, <laughs> but I did the vegan butter. Yeah. Um, or you could do the MCT oil, the bulletproof, but or you could do you know coconut oil. Cool. And then it's oat milk. Should we try it here? Yeah. And the food heals mugs. And this is how I go to bed every night. The taste is like a ten out of ten. It's so, it's so good. delicious. And. Let me just tell you that it's delicious without me doing anything to it. The only yeah. thing I added was a teeny bit of cinnamon, and then the oat milk is how I mix it, but you can make it with water, too, and it's just as good. The oat milk and then either the vegan butter or the MCT oil just makes it a little creepy. You know what I do with mine? I make yeah. a I make like a golden milk, mm-hmm. which is essentially I just use like almond milk. Yeah. It's already sweet enough because it's got monk fruit in it. Yeah. And then what I do is I actually add a little bit of allspice. Mm. And I throw in two cardamom pods and I put them in the bottom and I let it soak hot for like 
three minutes. Oh, that sounds great. So you great. go cardamom, allspice, almond milk, and the Organifi Gold. You're done. Like oh, it's, it's, you're done. It's, it's incredible. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So today I made it for as cold because it is so hot in LA right now. But normally if it was a cold night, you could make it warm and it's like a golden milk. Just like so you said, good. it's super creamy and delicious. I just, right. I just drank my entire drink Yay. right here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm behind. I got to catch up. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being here. Tell Food Heals Nation where they can find you online. And we haven't talked enough about your blog. So please give us yes. plugs for your show and also Civilized Caveman. Well, the really cool part is that we're seeing an evolution in the paleo sphere where people are really only interested, and, and they have been for a long time, in animal welfare. And so that's really exciting. So we're having conversations about uh, healthy foods, paleo recipes, wellness, and truth. We're putting a lot more personal development content on the Civilized Caveman site and also in our Facebook page because the fitness conversation is great, but it's not going to give people longevity like wellness and truth will. Mm. And when I say truth, I just mean why your fitness or your nutrition's out of place in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's really the conversation. So that's one thing that we do with Wellness Force Media. But really, you know, the heart and soul of this Wellness Force Media is Wellness Force Radio. This is where we have conversations about everything you and I have talked about yeah. today with Food Heals, you know, the physical and the emotional intelligence so we can live our life well. Yeah. So eating, moving, sleeping, our thoughts, feelings, and actions, those are the things that we talk about on Wellness Force Radio. And then um, if your listeners are interested, there is a really amazing guide that we've created. It's wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. Yes. And we have a, a breathwork challenge, a guided seven-day breathwork challenge in there, as well as five other practices that we've distilled from 300 podcast guests. You know, like we've taken the best of the best and connected all the dots and figured out, okay, if I only did six things in the morning, what would they be? They're in that guide and you can Love get it at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. I'm all about the morning routine and the things that you can do to optimize your health. And I think that that's a great guide. And I also think that you are such a natural. Do you have media training or are you just naturally like? I think I've always just wanted to talk about things that matter. Yeah. And I think that's really what good media does. For sure. You know, it's like, I'm not really into the sensationalism stuff. I just want to leave a little dent when I'm gone. And then I want like my kids to carry it on. And I think that's all we get, you know, what would your gravestone say? What would your kids? Oh, that's a good ending question right there. (laughs) Um, Here lies Josh Trent. He lived and loved with an open heart and he created a community of family and friends that miss him, but know that they're always with him. Cheers to that. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. All right, Food Heals Nation, thanks for listening. So today, Josh and I talked about curbing your addictions with David Zappazzotti. And if you heard that and you're interested and you wanted to hear more, if you're interested in working with him or learning more about him, go to brainflipweightloss.com, brainflipweightloss, watch his free training, and there you can set up a free call with David. Make sure you mention Food Heals, and you'll also get access to my detox course when you decide to work with David. And you also heard us taste the Organifi Gold drink. Josh and I were drinking it at the end of this episode. I have my recipe. He talked about his recipe. So if you want to try it or any of Organifi's delicious products, go to Organifi.com, use the coupon code FOODHEALS and get 20% off your first order. All right, Food Heals Nation, we will see you next time. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to change their status update from hashtag blessed to hashtag OMG even more blessed than yesterday, hashtag loving life. If you experience any of these symptoms, make sure to tweet a Kardashian immediately. 